0: Well, welcome to the Miami church podcast. My name is Greg and I am so glad that you are listening right now. Listen, and life is hard, but we are here to help you. And so I hope you enjoy today's message. And man, our our, our real prayer and our real hope is that, that the message today will help you take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. There was a young boy around the age of 11, the age of my oldest son. And he was sleeping one night and he heard a voice call out, Samuel, Samuel. He was startled from his slumber and he answered, yes, I'm here. And he got up out of his bed and he ran to his caretaker, an older guy named Eli. And he said, hey, I heard you call. Here I am. And Eli responded, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So the young boy did as he was told, and he went back to bed. A second time, the voice called out to him in the night, Samuel, Samuel. He got up, he went to Eli, and he said, I heard you call, I'm here. Again, Eli responded, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And again, the boy did as he was told, and he went back to bed. A third time, the young boy heard a voice calling out, Samuel, yet again, Samuel got up out of bed. He went to Eli, yes, I heard you call me, I'm here. And that's when it dawned on Eli that God was speaking to the boy. And so Eli directed Samuel. He says, go back and lie down. And if the voice calls again, simply say, speak, God. I'm ready to listen. And so Samuel returned to his bed, and sure enough, God comes and stands before the boy exactly as before, calling out, Samuel, Samuel. But this time, Samuel was expectant. He was ready, and he answered, Speak. I am your servant, ready to listen. And God speaks. There was a man, advanced in age, which is a nice way to say he's old, And so this old man, he's depleted, he's exhausted, he's lost hope, he's fizzled to zero, really there's nothing in the tank, he's ready to call it quits. I mean, honestly, he's ready for his life to be over. It would would be better to die than to live like this. When was the last time you felt so depleted and exhausted, you didn't know if you could just keep? This exhausted and depleted old man, he finds his way to a mountain. And he climbs the mountain. It's a mountain called Horeb, which is known as the Mountain of God. And once there, he crawls into this cave. And in his exhausted and depleted state, he falls into a deep sleep. But then a voice startles him in his slumber and says to him, go and stand on the mountain at a before God, because God is going to pass by. And as you can imagine, this old man, his weariness gave way to wonder. And he, and he gets up and he stands on the mountain at attention. He's expectant. He's ready. And a hurricane-force wind tears through the mountain. Strength, might, power, brute force. That's God, he thinks, but God's not in the wind. And then a a full-fledged, mountain-trembling earthquake. But again, God is not in the earthquake. And a fire blazes, consuming everything on the side of the mountain, yet to his surprise, God is not in the flames. But then, he hears a quiet voice. A gentle whisper, a still, small voice, and in the still small voice, he encounters God. And God speaks. There was a high school kid, 16-year-old. I mean, a good kid, but nothing overly remarkable or noteworthy, just an ordinary kid. And one hot and humid August day, he's on a playground, of all places, working at a camp for under-resourced kids. And he hears a voice. It's not an audible voice, it's a quiet voice, a gentle whisper. And to the young man's surprise, God speaks. And God prompts the 16-year-old boy, and he says, Hey, I want to partner with you, I want to empower you to help take my message, the message of hope and of love and of grace, to people who are desperately in need to know God, a people far from me. God speaks, and the teenage boy, unsure, maybe even a little naive, says, here I am, I'll go, send me, and I stand here today, decades later, fully knowing and fully believing that our God is a communicating God. The the one and only true God, the creator God, the, the God who created all things. He is a communicating God. He's actually near. And he's speaking. See, over the years I've noticed that there's a pattern. There's a pattern, and and I see this pattern everywhere. I, I see this pattern throughout history. I see this pattern as I study God's Word. I see this pattern in present day. I see it in my life, in you, in people that I know I'm in relationship with. And the pattern is this. God finds women and men and students, high school, middle school, maybe even elementary age kids, usually not a large group, usually not the ones that you and I would pick not the, the, uh, the ones we would expect or the popular or the, the mainstream, but God finds the willing, the seeking, the open. Those who are, those who are leaning in, and God speaks. See, there's a foundational belief you see it in the early church. You see it among the first followers of Jesus. It's a foundational belief here at Miami Church. And, and the foundational belief is this that God is near, that God is working, that He's actually on the move, that He's active, that, that He's all around us, and He is speaking. He's communicating. He's, he's nudging. He's prompting. He's directing. Maybe here's the key question. For, for those of us who claim to be followers of Jesus, are you listening? Do you hear his voice? And maybe even a, a harder question, or the harder part of the question is this. Are you ready to hear what he says? I mean, do you have the courage to hear, but then do you have the, the guts to Respond because what he says may convict you or startle you or stretch you or scare you or seem impossible. Maybe even make you very uncomfortable. I mean, here's the truth. Don't ask God to speak if you don't want to hear what he has to say. There was a Greek doctor by the name of Luke, and Luke did a thorough investigation. Uh, he interviewed all of these eyewitnesses of the life of Jesus, and, and then he included his personal eyewitness account of the, of the first church, these first men and women, and he writes it down, and it's a, it was a letter, and over time it became known as the Book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 9, kind of buried in there, he, he includes this incredible story. Let me just give you a little context. Right? I don't have time to read the entire chapter to you, but let me give you a little context so the story makes sense. So there, there is a, there's a guy named Saul. He's kind of the key player or the main character, if you will, in the story. And Saul hated Jesus. He hated Jesus, he hated Jesus' followers, they were called followers of the way, he hated the church. In fact, his life mission, he woke up every day with the goal of persecuting followers of Jesus. And so one day, Saul is going to a city called Damascus, and his goal, or his purpose in going, is to arrest any Jesus followers, to bring them to Jerusalem. And so he's on the way to Damascus, and boom, he has an encounter with Jesus. He's knocked off his feet, literally. He hears the voice of Jesus, and and because of this encounter, he's left blind. In fact, um, Luke says he's blind for three days. He doesn't eat or drink, and he's blind for three days. Now, that's the context. Here's the story I want you to see. Acts 9, verse 10. It says, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Okay, don't miss this, so... Luke says he's in Damascus, which is in modern-day Syria. There's a guy. His name is Ananias, okay? It's, he's a disciple. See that? He's a follower of Jesus. He's actively following and pursuing Jesus, okay? You get that? And God is speaking. God is speaking. Don't, don't miss this. Throughout history, God has spoken. Why? Why? Because God is a communicating God. He always has been. He always will be. God is near, and God is speaking. Now, many think of God in these non-relational terms, like he's some kind of distant CEO who's, who's on the top floor corner office with a sign on his door that says, don't bother me. And he's distant, and he's absent, and he's non-relational. Tragically, this kind of thinking, this way of thinking or processing about God or about the idea of following God, it turns into these abstract ideas about God. These distant abstract, like beliefs to be memorized, doctrines to be mastered, a moral code to be maintained. Hey, check these boxes, jump through these spiritual hoops. One of my dearest friends who lives right here in Coral Gables, I love this guy, but he struggles. He struggles so much with the idea of a relationship with Jesus for this very reason. See, he grew up in, the, in a religious school, a very strict and demanding school with rules and regulations and do's and don'ts, but, but was missing the very thing that matters the most. It was, it was missing the heart of the good news of Jesus. A personal, loving, relational God. And here's what, here's what I want you to know. Here is what you and I must know that God is a relational God. God is a communicating God. And He's speaking to me. And He's speaking to you. And you can actually hear His voice right here. Right now, he's near, and he's speaking. And Luke tells us that God calls to Ananias in a a vision and and look at his response. Yes, Lord, he answered. Another version of this is just, here here I am, here I am. And, And the sense here is that Ananias, he had cultivated ears to hear God's voice. He he lives his daily life, he lives with this expectation that he actually knows God's voice, it's familiar. Like he's cultivated a life where he's ready, he's expecting. he knows God in in a personal way, in a relational way. He knows God is near, he knows God is active, he knows he is speaking. You ever watch those cooking shows... Like on the Food Network or Netflix has like a ton of these things, right? On every show, whatever the cooking show is, there's like a chef or a judge. And what do they do? They taste the food, right? And with one taste, they begin to pick out all the ingredients. Like, oh, mm, oh yeah, there's some basil in there or some, some parsley or some nutmeg or some... Whatever, they, they, they pick out the ingredients. How? I, I can't do that. How do they do that? See, over time, what have they done? They've cultivated their tongue, or they've cultivated their taste buds. And so over time, with one simple bite, they can begin to taste all of the different ingredients. See, Ananias, he had cultivated ears or to hear. Over time, he had this familiarity with the voice of God. Like, how do you develop? that kind of familiarity in your own life? Like, can you? Luke tells us, verse 11, it says, God told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias, that's you, come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. So Ananias hears the voice of God. It's pretty clear. He, he hears and he receives very clear direction. Now the hard part. He's heard. How does he respond? Having the courage to hear, having the guts to respond. Look, look at what he says, verse thirteen. Uh, Lord, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people, to your followers in in Jerusalem. So, so. Got you, I heard you loud and clear, but let's just be sure. I want to double check that we're on the same page. This guy, the guy that you're talking about, Saul, this guy that you're telling me to go see, the guy that you're telling me to go help, um, verse 14. He has come here to Damascus with the authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. See, another pattern. See, pattern one was God is speaking. He's looking for those who are are leaning in, those who are actively seeking. Here's the second pattern. When God speaks, or when God calls, there's a really good chance, maybe you could say 100% chance, but there's a really good chance that what he says will be intimidating and scary And seem impossible. And it's going to require the the listener, the hearer to to activate some big faith, a lot of confidence and trust. And every time that God speaks, the receiver, the listener, the the person, me and you feels unprepared and unequipped. And unqualified. I I'm not ready. I, I'm busy. I'm tired. Not me. Now, what about him? What about her? Not me. I can't. Not me. Verse 15, Luke says, But God says to Ananias, Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim, the name, uh, to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings and the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias says yes. Even when it didn't make sense, even when he didn't fully understand, even when he was afraid, he responded with courage and with guts and with faith. Here's what I know. In fact, this is, a, this is core. This is, a, this is foundational. This is a foundation. You can hear God's voice. You can actually hear from the creator, the one and only true God. He's actually near. He's actually active. He is actually speaking. How? How do, how do, how do you hear? How do I hear? How, how do I learn to hear God's voice? How do I cultivate ears to hear? God tends to speak to people who want to hear from him. He tends to offer divine direction to those who are willing to order their daily lives around receiving input from him. There's some pretty simple, practical steps. The first is just this idea of being still. God tells us how. Psalms 46:10. the first part of the verse says, be still and what? And know, be still and know that I am God. Stop moving, stop striving, and no. Sounds simple, but this is a really hard thing to do in, in our world and our culture because we're always moving, and if I'm not physically moving, my mind is moving, and there's devices and distractions and notifications, and it's just hard to get away, and it's hard to turn down the volume. And so he's saying you've got to slow the pace. You've got to reduce the speed. You've got to turn down the v- volume. You've got to bring it from here to here, and you've got to cultivate a daily lifestyle that can hear. Now, I can hear some of you. There's some objections, right? Well, don't the crazies, the the weirdos, the mass murderers, I mean, don't these weird people, don't they claim to hear God's voice? Well, God told me to do it. Well, yes. We must carefully test every prompting that we receive to be sure it's aligned with God and his purpose. Is it consistent with his character? Does it align with the teachings of God's purpose? What do wise, trusted people say about it? Because the reality is God will never tell you, he'll never tell me to do something that's contrary to his word. If it hurts someone, if it's harsh, if it's cheating or mistreating or unjust, he'll never tell you to do that. But what he's saying is, slow the RPMs down and and listen. This is the second part. Be still, be willing, right? It's a change of posture from speaking to listening. See, most of us, we, we approach God, we approach the idea of prayer, it's like a list, right? Well, I got a list, it's a prayer list, it's a need list, it's a want list, but what if Instead, here's the flip, right? What if instead of coming to God and approaching God in prayer with a list, like, hey, I got a list, I'm going to need you to knock out these six things, God. Here's my prayer list, here's my need list, right? Which is not necessarily wrong. But what if instead we came to God with a, with a blank page? And so instead of asking Him to do or to help or to answer all of my lists, what if I came and my posture was, hey, God, I'm going to ask, I'm seeking, I'm listening. Heavenly Father, my pen is ready on my blank page. What are you saying? What are you showing me? Now, this comes with a warning to me, to you. Make sure you've obeyed what he showed you last. I, myself, I'm guilty of this. I've heard many say to me, well, Greg, I, 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 don't, I don't sense God. He's just not speaking to me. Well, maybe He's not showing you what to do in the future because you haven't done what he gave you to do in the past. Be still. Posture of, of listening. And then be ready. Courage. Guts. Look at 17. As Ananias went to the house, he placed his hands on Saul and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here sent me to you so that again to see again and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. And he got up and he was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. I mean, Ananias went. He responded. He followed through. He did what he knew he was supposed to do, hearing God and having the courage, the guts to respond. He followed through with boldness and courage, even when it didn't make sense. See, following God will 100% of the time. Like, really following God is going to take faith and courage and boldness, and you will have to face your fear. See, there's a pattern. You see it throughout history, you see it in God's word, you see it today, you see it in my life and in your life, is that God finds women and men, and he speaks. It's usually those who are seeking, those who've arranged their lives to hear. And God begins to speak, and, and people cultivate a, a default response of yes. I know it doesn't make sense, and I know it's going to take a ton of faith, and trust, but, but here I am, I'll go. And, and this boldness, this default yes to respond, this guts to to respond—it's always going to be hard. But here's the challenge: cultivate, train your ears to hear, develop a default response of "Okay, yes, I'll go," and begin to develop the the boldness and the courage to respond. Here's the prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to us. You are the creator of everything. You are the one and only true God. Yet you still reach out and speak to us individually, and that's an amazing blessing. Thank you for your patience with us as we continue to learn to listen to your voice. Give us hearts to hear what you have to say and guts to follow wherever you lead us. Don't pray. Don't pray this if you don't want to hear what he says. I mean, maybe. Just maybe the only thing more dangerous than praying this prayer is not praying this prayer. And as your pastor, as your friend, I don't want you to miss out on God wants to say to you, to do in you, to do through you, the life that he's called you to live, the opportunities that he has for you. Oh, friends, could we slow down this week? Grab a journal or... Blank piece of paper, shut out the noise, turn down the volume, slow the RPMs, and simply go, God, I believe that you're speaking. You're a communicating God. You're a relational God. You're not some distant abstract God. You are speaking, and I believe you're speaking to me. God, what is it that you're saying? I'm ready. I'm expectant. I'm like the little boy. I'm like the old man. I'm I'm here. I have a pen in hand and I I have a piece of paper. What is it you're saying? And then maybe the hardest part. I have the guts and the courage and the boldness and the faith to do what you tell me to do. Oh God, that you would just transform me that you would transform us into a, a people that cultivate that cultivate ears to hear. And oh God, that you would transform me, that you would transform us into a people that have the guts, that have the courage to do what you tell us to do. God, thank you for being a loving, personal, relational, hope filled God who even looks at a guy like me who's so flawed and imperfect. And says, you know what, I still want to use you and to speak to you. And God, give me the courage and the boldness and the guts to do what you tell me to do. And we love you. And we can pray this because of what Jesus has done for us. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at at helloatmiamichurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith.